At the Boy Scouts of America, our oath remains. A scout pledges to be kind, helpful, and brave. We're committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment where scouts can establish the foundations of character that will last a lifetime. Our approach ensures the Boy Scouts of America is building the youth of today into the leaders we'll turn to tomorrow. The Boy Scouts of America. Building character is in our nature. Visit scouting.org to learn more about scouting. This, this is an SOC Extra. What's happening in the Cherokee Area Council? Howdy, friends. Cupmaster Kyle here, and welcome in to another Scout on Chattanooga Extra, where we go in-depth about more uh, scouting and other opportunities across the Tennessee Valley. Today, we have two very special guests on with us from another podcast, all about the outdoors. You may have heard of it. If you haven't, I highly suggest you checking it out as soon as possible. It is called the Day Fire Podcast. Uh, right now, I have Clint Powell and Dawson Wheeler on with me today. Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? What's going on? How you What's doing? Up? How you doing, buddy? Very awesome. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you all uh, for coming on with us today and spend a little bit of time talking about the outdoors. You know, summer is upon us. A lot of treks going on. I know that you just recently talked to our um, troop that is going out to Philmont to trek for several days, and that was a very awesome conversation. Uh, but a lot of summer camps going on right now, a lot of kids preparing. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that, Guys, can I get just maybe like a little bio from each of you and uh, tell me a little bit about your Day Fire podcast that you have? Clint, why don't you go? Yeah, I, I have more of a background in sales and marketing and podcasting. And just to be honest with you, I started my another podcast, a personal podcast, three and a half years ago. Dawson was one of my guests. I used to be the media rep for Dawson 20-something years ago. And he was such a, he's so good at telling stories and he's got such a range of knowledge about adventure in the outdoors from that can, you know, help anybody, whether you're a weekend, you know, adventure warrior or you're, you know, 30 days in the outback. I told him, I said, man, you ought to think about doing a podcast. And uh, fast forward a couple of months later, he just called me up and said, hey, I've got all the contacts and all the knowledge, you know, the push the right button. If you can really be quiet for, for a while on these podcasts, not talk as much, let's do a podcast. And I said, absolutely, man. And, and that's kind of, you know, he invited me to along for the journey with the podcast side of it for day fire. And I'm, I love it. I love being part of it. And I love having the conversations. I learn something every single week. There's a lot to learn from Dawson. I'm sure, especially with your camping and trekking prowess, right, Clint? Yeah, well, I'm a week. Like I told you before we started, I love chasing waterfalls. I'm a weekend guy. I don't camp as much as I used to, but I got kids that love going out. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in outdoors. And I, real quick, I think one of the things that I have enjoyed about the conversations with Dawson is you take his uh, his experiences along with mine, and it really reaches everybody because not everybody wants to go for ten days in the woods with a compass. But a lot of people are starting to understand the value of getting out. And that definition of getting out, I think Dawson and I hit all spectrums of that. So, yeah, I learned a lot from Dawson, but um, mostly I just learned to be quiet and listen to stories. Well, that, that Clint, you know, that's not true. And But my, my background was I was the I was a co-founder of Rock Creek Outfitters. We ran Rock Creek. Marvin Webb and I ran Rock Creek for 31 years we were wow. childhood, we were childhood friends and we had a dream when we were in school that we talked about when we were 13 years old and what you want to be when you grow up and we had said that we want to do something in the outdoors and 
fast forward the opportunity to buy the old company in Chattanooga called Canoe's headquarters came to be. And, uh, I bought the company. Marvin came up a week or so later. We made a handshake deal over the hood of a car and, and we became partners and great partners for 31 years before we sold it. So, uh, it was a great run. We were, living proof that even a blind hog can find an acorn every now and then. And <laughs> so we were mildly successful. And then upon retiring, as Clint said, we bumped into each other in the podcast world and, and we started up Dayfire. Dayfire was a, the name, first of all, came from campfire, but during the day. So we, we thought, you know, sitting around telling stories around the fire is something that we wanted to do. And and the podcast really is centered on on three things. And that's public lands, which could be nonprofit, national parks, state parks, federal lands like the Cherokee National Forest and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, wayfinding, where to, how to, when to, to go on an adventure, if that's skiing, hiking, paddling, running, you know, cycling, and then extraordinary adventures by ordinary people, which is really the cool part is finding these folks that have done these outrageous trips and they just walk amongst us every single day. We stand in line with them at Chick-fil-A or, you know, at the coffee shop and you would never know these folks till you start having a conversation with them. Well, I have listened to uh, many episodes and I can tell both of you um, incredibly important um, to gain the knowledge um, that both of you have and um, to just learn from it as a scouter and just as a human being. I mean, you can learn a lot of life lessons uh, while you're in the outdoors, I've learned, and especially my time as a youth in scouting. Um, you'd be amazed at the leadership um, skills that you learn alongside that that lashing or, you know, the correct way to um, to start a fire um, to the teamwork that is involved when it comes to um, going out on some of those larger treks. I want to kind of bring that up for uh, a second. Dawson, I know that you are all about the outdoors constantly. You are always outside. Can I ask you, is there maybe one or two of your favorite treks that you've taken um, over your last years that just really stand out to you that you've been able to, uh, to go on? The uh, Tour Divide, which is a trail that goes from Banff, Canada to the Mexican border, it's 2,800 miles. And in 2015, me and a partner rode it uh, self-contained, carried all our gear, and we mountain biked the entire thing over 49 days. So we did 100K a day for 49 days all the way down to the Mexican border. So that was Canadian Rockies through the edge of Glacier and Bob Marshall uh, across Wyoming and the Wind River Range, touched next to the Tetons and Yellowstone, into the Colorado Rockies, down through the Hilo where Geronimo used to hang out, and then all the way across the desert into uh, and touched the uh, border of uh, Mexico and then Colorado. Wow. Yeah, that was a a monumental trip for sure. That's incredible. Yeah. That's seeing some beautiful country right there. I will <laughs> I tell you, you there, the, that section of the country is void of people. There is a, a corridor that, that the continental divide runs down through that has 
very little people, uh, rarely a town. It has towns like Lincoln and Butte, Montana that might have 50 or 300 people, Avando that would have 50 people, Atlantic City, I think, has six or seven people. You do mm-hmm. run through Breckenridge, so there are, you know, Salida, some places that are a wee bit bigger. But for the most part, you're out there in La La Land. I gotcha. So for some people um, from our area that may not be able to take those longer treks or to be able to um, go travel a long distance to begin a trek, can I ask y'all, what are some of your favorite places to just go hiking in our area? Maybe some of your favorite trails within two or three hour drive and, you know, maybe some good day hikes um, for our scouters out there to be able to take, take their troops out and just enjoy the day. You know, at the outer limit, I mean, the Great Smoky Mountains is one of the best parks in the national park chain, bar any. So it's two hours away at its closest edge and towns in three hours away up in the Cosby area up on the north end of the park. So any of those, and of course, you can look up on websites, the 10 best hikes of Smokies, but hiking up to Mount Leconte or out to Charlie's Bunyan, uh, or going to Cades Cove Campground and camping and doing hikes up to Spencefield or Thunderhead. Those are great places. A little closer, obviously, we've got the Cherokee National Forest that includes the Teleco District, and you've got Indian Boundary up there and Holly Flats. And, of course, Big Frog is in the Cherokee over near the Parksville Lake area. And then, and then even coming closer Cloudland Canyon, spectacular area to go. Uh, the Cumberland Trail that's up here on Signal Mountain and goes over to Prentice Cooper. Those are great. Uh, Tennessee River Gorge Trust has trails down out of the pothouse uh, up to some great waterfalls and some loops down on the river. So we're very, very fortunate. Uh, if you are a scout and you're living in this area, there is unlimited hiking that can be done. Well, and I'll just jump in and just say I'm a little upset. Dawson, you know, I've got one thing I can contribute, and that's Hold local. There, no, no, no. Don't even don't, don't throw me the crumbs now, man. I mean, it's, the lo- it's the local short, and high, short hikes. He's got all these big adventures. And I was uh-huh. going to say that I like going because I like getting the kids in the car. I love Cloudland Canyon because there's a little things you can do down there. They're not just the traditional stuff, but also I like going to Fall Creek Falls, places like that. Oh, that that's fam- a good one. Yeah. Well, I, I'd load my kids up. I've got that memories. Yeah. That's I'll tell you there. something. It's real cool that, and I'll tell you why I like Fall Creek Falls so much. My kids were small and we were up there on one of their Easter uh, services overlooking the, the fall, the, the, the Valley and the Gulf. It was just beautiful and so now i kind of am addicted to that it's only you know less than an hour away i can get up there pretty quick so there's my contribution i've never done a 2900 mile bike ride but <laughs> well it's bike. funny that you know, both of y'all bring up cloudland canyon i grew up not 10 minutes from cloudland canyon i lived in trenton georgia most of my life i live in ringgold now and cloudland canyon was actually where i chose to do my eagle scout project so for those not in scouting that are listening your eagle scout project is almost like your wrap-up that's your i guess you would say your thesis for 
you know, college or whatever, but that is your final project that you do as a scout to earn the rank of Eagle. It's a community service project that you plan, um, that you find your resources for and that you execute all with other teammates helping you. But, you know, you're doing all that planning. It has to be approved and everything. And what I did was there's an old about a half a mile loop uh, up at Cloudland Canyon. I don't think that the trail is actually named, but it's towards the end of the parking lots. You know, the main parking up there. It's towards the end, right as you drop off of the concrete. It's a, a normal dirt trail there that loops up to a playground and then back down into all of the pavilions in the parking lots. And it was overgrown. They had it to where people were not allowed back there. There was even an overlook back there. And my Eagle Scout project was to revitalize that trail. And then a couple of years after that, they gained um, parks approval to be able to open that overlook as well. We still had to keep it closed off, but now there's this beautiful overlook that people can go to that I was able to um, do as my Eagle Scout project back in 2003. I hadn't been up in there in a while. I need to go up there just to walk that half mile and see how it's looking. Um, we had to put in some erosion barriers and that sort of thing. And I just remember, you know, it was Polaroids back then. Everybody's got a cell phone nowadays, but I had to take Polaroids of everything I had to do. I still have my Eagle Scout project book. So while we're talking about, um, you know, camping, hiking, I kind of wanted to bring up um, the 10 essentials of the Boy Scouts and day hiking. Now, for those that um, are new to Scouts listening to us, or maybe you don't remember all of them, that's a pocket knife, a first aid kit, a change of clothing, rain gear, water storage, a flashlight or a headlamp, uh, trail food, uh, matches and or fire starters, um, sun protection, and a map and compass. Now, Dawson, with as many um, trips that you've been on, I know that those are the 10 essentials, but there's always one or two things that definitely should be added. Can you think of just you know, a couple of different things that might be great add-ons to your pack um, to be able to take that day hike with your fellow troop members. I mean, that's a great list, but the, the, the one thing, a uh, water filter, you know, most, most uh, trails, I would say, I, I, there's rarely anywhere I would go that I would not treat my water. And so uh, the water storage is great, but uh you know, dysentery, things like that, drinking bad water, even on a day hike, uh, if you're out for three or four days, your your belly might go sour in a short amount of time. And then certainly it could go sour later in the day. So uh, the water filter is the one that stands out to me. Uh, that would be, what do you think, Clint? I don't know. I just, the one thing I wrote down that I have learned from listening to the man at the bottom of this screen is, <laughs> and it has nothing to do about the, the 10, the list of 10, but before you go out, the more comfortable you become going outside and on trips is to never take for granted you've been on the trail before. In other words, I've learned this from having Dawson and guest on. If you're, if it's your air quote home trail and you're just been on it a thousand times, don't skimp on what you take with you because you never know when you're going to turn the ankle. you never know when the weather is going to turn. You just never know. So making sure you have that pack like you're talking about. And the other one is making sure you've told someone else where you're going to be. Ah, oh. Those are the two things I would add. Those are both incredibly important things. 
Yeah, and I would say on clothing, non-cotton clothing, synthetic clothing, cotton do, does nothing. It retains no heat. Uh, it's hard to dry. So uh, merino wools, synthetic socks, synthetic T-shirts, sports T-shirts, you know, all, all the scouts, you know, a lot of them are playing uh, athletics. So your athletic T-shirts that you wear under your football or baseball or basketball gear, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Uh, but I would avoid the cotton clothing for sure. And uh, just leave that for casual wear. So when you're going on these multi-day hikes, Dawson, what would you say is, and I'm, I'm sure that the, this moment has happened to you and happened probably a few times, especially I, I know how often you go out. Has there ever been a time where there was just, you know, something that you wish that you had taken with you that you now always pack in your bag? Like every single time it goes with you now. Uh, the water filter is one. I've had I've had belly problems in the past, and and uh, and they're terrible to have. They're they're terrible at home. Mm -hmm. You've got the luxury of of your bathroom. They're really bad when you're camping. So uh, that's very important to me. Uh, fire starter is very important. So I have a little kit. It's, you know, matches, lighters, some cotton balls soaked in, you know, some wax. Uh, I carry two or three, you know, some char cloth. So I've got a little starter kit. Actually, a little briquette that's like one inch by one inch that you use for, to like charcoal. I carry, uh, because it weighs nothing, I'll carry a couple of those. So, uh, and then on sunscreen, I think the most important, I, I typically always have sunscreen with me but sunscreen that doesn't have odor. So you're going to Destin or Panama City sunscreen, leave that for the beach. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to smell like a big banana walking around <laughs> with bears in the woods. That's never good. Coconut. <laughs> or a coconut, you know. Yogi Bear may want to come see him and Boo Boo what the coconuts are all about. Yeah. <laughs> Buy sun protection that doesn't have odor. Uh, and it's all day sunscreen, uh, Man, that <laughs> preferably non aerosol type, uh, sunscreen. So something that squirts out of a bottle. Well, Clint, let me, uh, move to you for a second, buddy. What, and you've been doing this podcast for a few years now with Dawson. Uh, let me ask you what has probably been one of your favorite guests that you've had on the day fire podcast and what is some, some things that you learned from them that you probably you, you wouldn't have known or wouldn't have even known to ask while talking to them. Well, one of the things that I have enjoyed is the, the outdoor world, especially when you get to uh, into it as deep as Dawson is, has its own language. And so one of the things that I like to do is unpack those terms and definitions so people who are listening kind of feel like they've got somebody there to represent them. You know, when they say 14-er, mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, when I was first talking to Dawson, they kept saying it. I'm like, hey, uh, what's a 14-er? And it was a 14,000-foot or whatever it is. Uh, so I've learned that they have their own language. Um, I have learned some things that when you go out, what you guys have been talking about, what to take with you. Um, and it's just kind of also reinforced in me the benefit of asking questions because we get some guests on there and Dawson knows the he can get in the weeds with them so easily and they just navigate that. And then being able to ask a question that takes it into a different direction where it pulls different stories out that I think Dawson and I both enjoy. I have, in, I have liked 
having that part in the podcast. Some of my favorite guests, though, uh, we had Derek Lugo on, mm. the uh, the unlikely through hiker, was a great guy. He's out of New York. We have uh, had Holly Brock on. She had more of a spiritual take on being outdoors. We've had some great guests, but the ones I wrote down before we came on that I wanted to make sure I brought up was, if you're into the van life, we have had five or six van life episodes. And the reason I like those so much is Dawson brings on people that have these just macked out, you know, big daddy vans. And then I watch him and his guest get giddy over the gadgets and they start comparing gadgets and what you have and what I have. And, and it really, they forget we're recording and it's just like they're comparing, well, I've got this kind Uh of stove. Yeah. But do you have this kind of, it's just fun stuff, man. So I've enjoyed watching those, those are watching them engage in that conversation. What about, what about Clint episode 35 with Ricky Gates that basically ran. Oh yeah. With no gear from Charleston, South Carolina to San Francisco with $10 basically in his pocket and ran all the way across oh, yeah. the United States. What, is that, okay, so these, but these episodes run together. Dawson, isn't that the one where he gets asked to stay in the trailer because he didn't have a place to stay and it's pit bulls and beer cans and the stories? And squirrel, didn't the guy had a pet squirrel? Yeah. A pet squirrel, yeah, in the cage, <laughs> man. It was such a good episode, yeah. Wow. Derek was really interesting because he's an African-American, Puerto Rican, African-American man from the Bronx that decided that he was going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. And he's wrote a book. By the way, his book just became number two on Amazon, wow. The Unlikely Through Hiker. So in the adventure section, his book is a great read. That uh, episode 83. Yeah, that's cool. And probably a great read of stuff that you probably shouldn't do while hiking. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, it's really funny because I'm glad you brought that up because when he got on the uh, trail, you know, he he bought good gear, went to an outfitter. They got him outfitted, and it sounded like, for the most part, uh, everything he needed. But his first night when he was setting up, he had never set his tent up before. Wow. He, I mean, he was starting at zero. Zero. Man. And the community of through hikers kind of embraced him as they do with everyone. And mm-hmm. uh, he learned kind of a learn in process, you know, very bright guy, quick study, kind of sorted it out and, and was highly successful hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. That's an incredible story. It is. Yeah. Well, guys, I can't wait to hear more of the Dayfire podcast. Um, before we go, since um, Clint had to bring up camp gadgets, and I know Clint's not a, a big gearhead, but I want to ask both of you before we wrap up, your favorite camping gadget can be for hiking, just for base camp, whatever you can think about, your favorite gadget that you've ever been uh, able to mess around with while in the uh, outdoors. <laughs> well, let me go first because Dawson's going to blow it out of the water. This no, is gonna... I don't know. I'm such a minimalist. I was sitting here thinking. Well, uh, this is silly, but I have uh, – it's kind of a combination between a utility uh, tool and a pocket knife that I've had for – ever and it has way more than just other stuff and you know sometimes when you take those those uh those combo products the the, they're too small to use or they really don't have any utility this one has everything the perfect size and i've taken it even if i just go on a hike with my daughter to a waterfall that's a 20 minute hike it's in my pocket it is great that's my favorite gadget 
Very cool. And Dawson, can you think of one gadget that you've just really enjoyed? Okay, this one's one I take car camping. So this one's in my van. It's called a BioLite fire pit. So it's a it's a portable fire pit that creates when you light a fire, it somehow takes the smoke out of the fire, so it becomes smokeless. It's about a foot off the ground, so it never fire scars the ground where you're doing your fire. And here's the craziest part of it all. It's got the fire has a charging station on the side of the firebox. What? So you can charge your phone, and it has a mini fan that controls the temperature and the flame of the fire. Wow. I had a pocket knife and you come with that, man. That was it, that you did that on purpose. Oh, and, and you can grill on top of this. It has a grill on top of this thing. Oh, so it also can, has the awesome. It also has the meaning of life. It makes you taller and better looking. Way to go, Dawson. Thanks, dude. <laughs> it does. It has a little Yeti that comes in the box too that, you know, like a Yoda that can sit there with you on your shoulder at night <laughs> and give you words of wisdom. No, it's a great product. You Stop by Rock Creek. They've got one sitting right by their camp, their uh, counter down there at the North Shore. I was looking at it the other day. That's awesome. awesome. I'll have to check that out. That is an awesome toy. Um, mine is actually pretty simple. I'm a Dutch oven guy. So if we're base oh, camping, awesome. I just story. I love the Dutch oven and the Dutch oven table. And, uh, you know, the kids can't get enough chocolate lava cake cooked in a Dutch oven. So. I had a guy show me how to make a chicken pot pie in a Dutch oven and put uh, biscuits on top of uh, mm-hmm. the pot pie. And, oh, my aching head. That was so good. Man, yeah. and uh, I love doing the um, – it's like a breakfast scrambler type thing where you can take the frozen hash browns and line the outside of the Dutch oven with it, and then you get your sausage and your eggs up in the middle and then another layer of hash browns over the top. And you all cook it together in there. Dutch ovens are great, especially in the fall and winter, because you can mm-hmm. make those big camp dinners and lunches and breakfasts and hang out and play games. It's really, a, yeah. You can come back a little fat on a trip with a Dutch <laughs> oven. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on. I know y'all got to hop off. Um, before we go, I do want to say this. Um, These two guys just had um, our contingent that is going out to Philmont uh, on with them um, on the Dayfire podcast. If you want to check out uh, a few of our um, scouts and I believe a a scouter as well, an adult scouter is going to be on there uh, as well. You can check that out on the Dayfire podcast. If we want to learn some more about y'all, all the subscription details, can y'all give us um, where we can find more about Dayfire podcast? Yeah, you can, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, just type in Dayfire podcast. We should pop right up. But if you go to dayfirepodcast.com, it will take you to all of those great conversations. And then all of the platforms are also at the bottom of that. Very cool. Well, thanks again for coming on with us. We really appreciate y'all coming on and spending some time with us. And we need to get both of y'all out to Skymont and, and see what a Boy Scout summer camp is all about here soon. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Thank you, Kyle, man. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Kyle. Good to Thank see you. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to this Scout on Chattanooga Extra. For more details about events in our area, to become a friend of scouting and donate, or to learn how your youth can join a unit in the Tennessee Valley, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com. 
For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com.